Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Turn up your volume. This is Unfuck Nation. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to this week's episode of Unfuck Nation. I am your host, Gary John Bishop. We got a doozy. I'm telling you, we got a doozy this week. We got a great show, a subject that just reaches into our lives. Whether you like it or not, it reaches into all of our lives. And that is the subject of family. Right now we're in like that time of the year when the press of family seems to become a little more apparent. So I thought this would be a good time to start talking about how you can actually make your family work. Now, that might seem like a, a relatively ridiculous idea if you think of your own family, right? I mean, if you think of your mom or your dad or your grandparents or your brother, your sister, your aunt, your uncle, and you can think of the drama and, and the dichotomy of life that's happening there and that, you know, you go to these family gatherings and you feel like you're an outsider or you feel like somebody in your family is an outsider, or you feel like you're totally dysfunctional, or like nothing works, or you no one gets along, and blah, 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 blah. I want you to get that all families can work. All families can work. I've coached some pretty challenging situations in the past. I'm not going to get into them all here, but situations that you would swear there's no way that can work. But the first thing you got to address in this is what does it look like when a family is working, like it works? Now, most of us have some already inbuilt idea in our head about what that is. Like everybody gets along and we all like each other and there's no bitterness and there's no past and there's no blame and there's no resentment and da-da-da-da-da-da-da, right? All that shit. And, you know, we get together at Thanksgiving and we just discuss the benefits of turkey and various steamed vegetables and the best gravies currently available on the fucking market. Now, none of that equates to necessarily a family that works. See, I want you to try on the idea that your family in its current state is working, that it works, and that your father being the way your father is, is an example of your family working and your mom being the way your mom is, and your sister being the way she is, and da, 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 da. and even all the things that they're doing that are maybe even destructive is part of what it looks like when a family is working. Or you might not even be talking to them right now. So I'm going to share a little story from my own past, okay? And this was like the beginnings of me taking responsibility for my family working. So you might have heard me talk about this in the past, but and I've talked about it on interviews and stuff. 
But my big gripe with my family used to be that I live in the United States. They live in Scotland. It's very hard for me to say Scotland with a, a Scottish accent. I've noticed. I can't say it like the way an American would say it. My wife says it's like Scotland. Like, I can't. That just sounds terrible to me. But anyway, my thing with my family was this kind of unspoken, right? And it was unspoken. I never mentioned it. This unspoken resentment. And I should add, unspoken resentments are the worst resentments of all. Okay? They're the worst. They're the ones that eat away at you. But anyway, I had this unspoken resentment that they don't call me. That I'm the one that has to make all the effort. So I'm doing all the phone calls. So my first big realization was, well, I'm the one that wants this connected family. So of course, I'd be making all the fucking phone calls, right? I don't know what they've got in mind, but I know what I've got in mind. So that was the first kind of breakthrough for me is I stopped resenting them for shit that I thought they should do. Because I noticed the shit that I thought they should do was the stuff that I really need to get on the hook for. So a long time ago, somebody came up and asked me when I was delivering workshops and they asked me like, how do you do blah, 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 blah. And I said, I don't know, but I'm going to put you in charge of finding that out. Like that's kind of my approach to life. Like whatever it is I want in life, nobody's on the hook for it but me. So anyway, I took on this thing where like, I'm going to have my family work. So I took on the phone calls and it was like, I was starting this little Scottish fucking love revolution, right? So I'm going to start telling everybody that I love them. And it freaked my family the fuck out. Like they were like, what the hell is going on with you? Because I was never that guy. I wasn't that I love you guy, right? I was the guy who I'd leave the equivalent of your cat leaving a dead bird at your front door, right? I would do little things for you or I'd buy you something or some shit, but I'm never saying it, right? And you don't expect a hug it and I'm not doing any of that shit. But anyway, I took on this thing that I'm going to, I'm going to love you, right? And I'm going to tell you that I'm going to look you in the eye, right? Which was even worse. And you can imagine, you know, I have three older sisters and my mom, my dad had passed away at this point. And uh, thankfully, he didn't have to get through this fucking revolution that I was starting. Although I think he would have enjoyed it. But anyway, everybody was resisting the fuck at me. They were just looking at me like, you are a complete weirdo. This is terrible. Something's going on. Are you, on, are you doing drugs or something? It started with, or, and then they were like, are you in a cult? <laughs> so anyway, it was fucking insane. But it got to the point where... I called up all my sisters and I said, look, I'm done with this blaming my mom for everything and just this shit. I'm not doing it anymore. I love her and I'm just going to love her the way she is, right? Almost all my sisters had the exact same response. They said, what are you on her side now? And I'm like, no, I'm not doing sides. I'm doing love now. I'm just fucking done with this shit. I want to be a loving guy. I want to, I want to let that out. I want to tell people that I love them. I want to be around people. And again, you, I mean, I, I'm sure as you're listening to this, you're thinking, holy shit, that does sound weird, right? But this was the mission I was on, right? I'm like, I'm tired of being this suppressed, angry, one-dimensional human being. I want to live this life. I want to express myself and I want to, I want to express the good shit. So I started impacting that relationship with my mom, but I noticed I would call my sisters and one or two of them just weren't picking the phone up. They were just ignoring my phone calls. And so this is getting weirder and weirder. I'm like, this is fucking ridiculous. But I'm not getting pissed off. Why? Because I'm bitten by the love bug. So I'm like fucking bringing the love, right? So I started to do weird shit like 
And you know, I'm in the United States there in Scotland. So in one case, I called the woman next door to my sister's house, one of my sisters. And I didn't tell her who it was. I said, could you go get this person? She's like, oh yeah. Like, yeah, there's something wrong with her phone. The phone's down. Can you get me coming to the phone? So one of them, <laughs> my sister comes running at the neighbor's house. She picks up the phone. She's like, hello. I goes, it's me. She's like, ah, fuck. <laughs> you know, because, you know, she's been trying to ignore me for a week. And I just told her in no uncertain terms, because you know, I had her pinned, right? She couldn't move because I had her in the neighbor's hallway on the telephone. And I said, uh, I said, look, I fucking love you. And there's nothing you can do about that. And you don't have my permission to follow up with me. She was like, what the hell are you saying? And I'm like, yeah, you, just, you have no right to be pissed off with me. So I'm taking that away and I'm just going to love you anyway. So you can be pissed off or not, but this is how it's going to be with me from now on. I'm going to love you. I'm going to love you this way. And you're just going to have to suck it up. And then she, she giggled a little bit and she was like, you're out your fucking mind. But I was relentless. I kept bringing it. I'm like, I want my family to work, you know, and this is how I'm going to make it work. I'm going to just love everybody. And if you guys all want to fight, go ahead. If you guys want to gossip, I'm not playing. If you guys want to fucking, you know, throw each other the bus, I'm not playing. If you're looking for sides, I'm telling you right now, I'm not fucking playing. I love you. I love them. That's how this is going down. So I started this real little revolution. And we were not a family, by the way, that had no past. We had a lot of past, a lot of upset, a lot of drama, anger, toxic, shitty behaviors. We had all that stuff going down in our family. But I started this little revolution. And I started this habit of telling people that I loved them. And they started to reciprocate a little bit. You know, they'd be like, oh, yeah. They'd mumble it out. It was never quite clearly spoken, I love you too. But it, you know, it sounded like the words, if you thought about it long enough. That was about 14, 15 years ago. I was in the midst of that thing. And as a family, we've never looked back. Like My family says, I love you all the time. Like all my family members say it. My sister say it. My nieces say it. My nephews say it. My mom would say it. We just kind of overcame that thing. We still argued. We still disagreed. We still blamed. But the presence of this thing called love in my family became so, so there because of my insistence that it should be there. And I never put the burden for that on anyone else but myself. All I asked of them was for them to be themselves. That's it. Just be yourself and I'll work it out. And I did. And I did work it out. And I love my family and I'm connected to my family. And I believe in my family. And when my mom passed away earlier this year, like I was, I was head over heels in love with my mom after years of resentment. And ultimately that's what I want you to get. Like this goes your way and they don't have to do anything. They don't have to change a fucking thing. You just be you. And sure, there are certain things that you think are appropriate in their behavior and things that you think are inappropriate. And there's certain behaviors that they have that you're saying, I'm okay with being around that, but I'm, no, I'm not okay with being around that. That's fine too. But you can start to create an environment that works. And that having a family that works really only needs one person to start the fire. And if some people want to join in, it's fine, but it's not necessary. That to be someone who's interested in connection makes you a unique human being. It's not the struggle of having them connect with you. It's always the wrestling match of what you have to deal with about yourself for you to connect with them. We're going to go on a break here in just a moment. As usual, after the break, we're going to be taking some questions. If you want to be part of a future show, please connect with us. Connect at GaryJohnBishop.com. 
Call us and leave a voicemail, 646-450-3203. And also, by the way, during this little commercial break, you might want to subscribe to the show. You might want to rate the show. You might want to review the show. In fact, you might not want to do it, or you might want to do it. Here's what I'm saying. Fucking do it. See you in a few. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. All right, welcome back to the show. This is the part of the show where we take questions from the nation and we get the indomitable Stephen Miller coming on right now. Stephen, what have you got for us this week? What are the nation dealing with and what do they want answers to? I got to tell you, Gary, for being a producer on this show and coming in with, I like to think, a decent amount of knowledge, every single week I end up learning at least one new word from you. Awesome. I'd like to thank... My high school English teacher has everything to do with that. I don't mean to assume that it was a she, but make sure she gets an award on uh, Teacher's Day. It actually was, too, and she was a remarkable woman. We'll make sure that we send her an unfuck nation accommodation by the end of it. But the first question I've got for you this week has to do with actually something that you talked about at the very beginning of the show with showing love and appreciation. So our listeners are curious, is there a way of self-diagnosing whether or not you have a healthy or unhealthy way of showing love and appreciation for tribe and family? I, I think it's like one of these things that the people who I think are really good listeners are the ones who are wondering whether they're talking too much. So if it's on your mind that you're talking too much, that usually tells you the degree to which you're being a listener. So you're only concerned for things that you're into. So if you're looking at a relationship and you're asking yourself, oh, am I being as loving as I could be? I think that's a great question. I think it's a, I think only a loving person would be asking themselves that question. And by the way, ultimately, there's only one way to get a good answer to that. You know, it's like, how do I know a joke's funny? People are laughing. So I would ask the people, that you share life with, like, listen, I want to ask you a personal question. Do you find me to be a loving person? Is that something you recognize in me? Like, do you see me that way? And if so, that's great. And if not, can you think of any ways that you think, you know, I'd be better at this? I mean, it's funny because people don't want to have these conversations. And I do. I want to have those conversations. I want to find out. I don't want to fucking die with those questions not asked. I want to find out. I want to know, like, what is it that would inspire and invigorate my life? Those kind of interactions with other human beings, sometimes as scary as they might seem. I mean, if you can't talk to your partner about love, you don't have a partnership. If you can't talk to a friend about love, and by the way, we're going to do an episode about friendship. And so if you have any questions about friendships, I'd be happy to take them from you. Make sure you get them into the usual spot. But if you can't talk to your friend about love, you don't have a friend. That's not a friend. It's more like an acquaintance. Very different. Your friends, you should be able to talk about those subjects. Too. And if you find like you can't, then 
it might be time for you to have a rethink. So I like that you would ask yourself that question, number one. But secondly, I think you got to ask the people in your life what they think too. That's a critical little measure there. To tag off the back there is another really important part of showing love and appreciation, knowing the recipient and how they want to receive love and appreciation and how they're comfortable with receiving certain types of love and appreciation. Yeah, I mean, there's a, there's certainly something to be said for that. Like, I had this kind of long video that I put on YouTube years ago about love and what it is to be responsible with love. And one of the ways to be responsible with love would be to know how others are open to it or not open to it, right? Like, what do they think? So I remember asking my wife this question a long time ago. I said, what are the moments when you most feel like you're being loved by me? And she told me, she was like, when I see you working hard, when I see you like going at it and taking this thing on that, she said, I have this experience of being loved by you. Now, the interesting thing is, I'm not even saying I love you in that moment, but she experiences love in that moment. I mean, there was also other things about roses and foot rubs, right? And a particular brand of champagne, which was good to know too, by the way, right? That that shit was working. But nonetheless, it is good to know. Like sometimes we go around, we're like, well, you should know that I love you because I do this and do that and do that. Make it obvious. And only one way to make it obvious is to ask them. When I used to do transformational programs years ago, people would say, well, how do you know it's working? Well, they're telling me. I'm not looking to see some shift in the way they're sitting in their fucking chair. You know, they're telling me this shit's working. So yeah, be obvious. I think it was a spot on answer, Gary. So I've got our next question from Jeff here. Jeff says, during a past episode, you mentioned how you abhor gossip. While you even admitted that you had engaged in it at one point, you also said that you had no shame about it as you had forgiven yourself. This caught my attention, so I have to ask, how can one learn to forgive themselves? Even today in my mid-50s, I find myself cringing when I recall things I've said or done going back to my childhood. None of these things are heinous or dangerous, but I'm still kicking myself over things, and I feel like I've let those feelings hold me back from moving forward with my life now in the hopes of avoiding similar situations. So again, I ask, how can one learn to forgive themselves and further others? Yeah, great question. How do I forgive myself? So you got it. There's a thin line, right? Because if you're quick to forgive yourself, you'll never learn the lesson. You'll just kind of skip past things like, okay, forgive myself. Okay, forgive myself. Okay, forgive myself. So I kind of use my own little internal measure, right? Where I take stock of what I've said or what I've done and I fully realize it. And I come to terms with it. And often I'm brave enough to apologize for it. When I apologize for things, which I've done many times in my life, many, 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 many times, I'd rather apologize than live with it. As my father would have said, some people confuse good nature with weakness, which is an old thing that people say where I'm originally from. I get that. That's part of the deal. So I can't stop them doing that. If they think less of me because I'm apologizing, that's on them. I'm going to continue to live my life like a fucking powerhouse. So, you know, they'll soon get that and knocked on its head at some point, but it's not my job to convince you otherwise. It's really more about me and my concern for me and what people think of me and me and me, 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 me. I'm dwelling in the shit that I've done or not done. 
See, that's about me. So then how can I truly say that I'm feeling bad for them? If I find myself going in that little hole like that, I forgive myself by saying I'm a human being. And like all human beings, I've done things and I've said things that when I look back on it, I wish I hadn't said or done it. And I did it. And I own it. It's mine. It's part of my humanity. And I can apologize for it. And I can take responsibility for it. And that's how that goes. So I'm not out to live the perfect life. I'm not out to be the perfect human being. I'm not out to be flawless. I'm really letting it all hang out there in this world and being big enough to own it when I don't get it right. And I don't get it right all the time. And I continue to not get it right all the time. And that's okay. And that's something sometimes we pass along to our children, you know, like this idea that they should get it right all the time while we're fucking it up as parents. You can't hold yourself to some imaginary standard. You got to realize you're dealing with a skin and bone bag that's designed to survive the tribe. So yeah, it does and says things that in the cold light of day, you wish it didn't. That's right. Then you own it. You take responsibility for it. And you forgive yourself. And how you forgive yourself is you actually say to yourself, look, I forgive myself. I'm a human being. I don't always get it right. And I forgive myself. And how you know you're forgiving yourself is in that very moment, you'll experience forgiveness. You'll experience it like, yeah, I'm just going to let that go. It's fine. It's okay. Everybody does that, right? And it's not like everybody does it and that makes it okay. It's like, this is part of what it is to be a human being. To say and do things that in a cold light of day, you wish you hadn't said or done. But any dwelling in that, any sitting in that is just self-indulgence. And any dwelling in the past is always, in my view, some attempt to avoid the future. All right, what else have we got, Stephen? Our next question is coming in from Mike. Mike's story goes, I've got a beautiful wife and family, and I would do anything, anything for any and all of them. But by trying to be Superman all the time, helping with homework, driving the kids to school, dance and music class, cooking laundry, and working as a software engineer myself, I feel like I've diminished their sense of autonomy, self-reliance, and independence, all the while depleting my energy and now building up a stupid sense of resentment. I hate even writing this shit down because it sounds like I'm complaining about all the shit I do. That's not it at all. I love the fact that I have the opportunity to do it and be the kind of dad and husband I never saw in my own childhood. But I need to know how to do it the right way instead of bulldozing through it and leaving a wake of hurt feelings and resentment behind. What would you say to that? All right, Mike, I'm going to give you some character traits of yours, right? That are driving the show here. So one of them is your analytical, which should never be confused with detail oriented. So you're analytical. Analytical as a way of being, as an ontological state, analytical is very internal. It's a life that's filled with stuff like anxiety and worry. Okay. It's very internal state. So it's like never quite settled. Also, analytical tends to find flaws everywhere and mistakes everywhere and da-da-da-da-da and the ensuing worry that comes from that too. So this is all part of your character traits and your persona that I'm describing here, of course. And then you make the same mistake that I think a lot of people make is you try to, you try to have the family that you didn't have or at least that you thought you should have had. That is a blunder. That's a major mistake. One of the things that I love to say to parents is be authentic. 
It's hard for you to be authentic because you're too busy trying to keep your shit together and convince people that you've got your shit together. You know, one of the greatest reliefs for me as a parent was finally telling my son that I'm making this shit up as we go along. It was the most authentic moment between he and I. In fact, my words were, yeah, I'm making this shit up and we're going to go with what I'm saying. We're not negotiating this. I'm making it up and we're going with what I'm making up. But this need to control, and it's a need to control, and it's not so much control people, it's more like a way of being, and that way of being needs things to be in a certain order. You can't be in the chaos of it. So there is a certain truth to it. You need to let your children make mistakes. Even the ones you know, like, oh, shit, this isn't going to go well. Yeah, you got to let them go all the way in on it. You got to let them see the error and discover it for themselves. See, you've swung the pendulum the other way. So I'm going to invite you to start being more authentic about what you're dealing with and start being authentic about when you're overwhelmed and it's too much and start putting things in like, you know, I'm going to take a day away, right? I'm going, you guys, listen, I'm relying on you to, you know, get things done in a certain way or handle things in a certain way, but I'm not doing it today. And let them discover it and let them make mistakes. It's not a fucking tragedy if one of them forgets their homework. It's just a demerit or something. So this is really important for you to understand. Like you've given your life to this notion of being perfect, of having your shit together. And as we're seeing here, your shit's not together, my friend. It's an illusion. It's all fake. And you don't get to let it all just fucking hang out. You don't get to just kind of dwell in the chaos for a little bit. So this is all about authenticity and finally coming to terms with this complete human illusion that you can control life. You can't control shit. You can't control your thoughts. And you can't control your children's thoughts or your spouse's thoughts. You got to let go. You got to start to get to know people. You got to start to ask them like, hey, what would you like to take on? How can I support you with that? Rather than how can I do that for you? Do you need any support from me for you to do that? Or do you want to give it a go yourself? But yeah, if you don't start taking a turn here to empower others, and I do this with my children all the time, I, you know, they're like, how do I did that? Did, 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 and I say, go fucking work it out. And yes, I do curse. I say, go fucking work it out. And they're like, but I don't know what to do. I'm like, that's why we have Google. Right. Well, now why? Because I want them to go experience these things for themselves. And there are times my heart's beating. I'm like, oh shit, I should have done that. But no, I mean, it's a big part of developing. I don't want my children to live their childhood at the other end of the spectrum of the childhood that I had. Because I'm just kind of in some way or other repeating it. It's about having my children have their childhood, like the one that they would get if I could get out the fucking way. And you're just in the way, my friend. And you got to, again, interact with people. Ask them, what are the ways I'm in the way? How do I get myself out of the way? What would you like to take on for yourself? Empower them. Negotiate. One of the things that I ask my children when they do something they shouldn't have done, I say, well, how should we handle this? <laughs> and so they come up with their own punishments. I just go, okay, is the bar high enough for what I think? Yeah, no, no, I need to do better now. What about that? Okay, all right, all right, we're good. We negotiate a punishment. I mean, I bring the hammer, but it's the hammer that we negotiated. Like my son got a demerit at school recently for taking his phone out at school, which he's not supposed to do. 
And I, you know, talked to him that night. I was like, what should we do about this? He said, just take the phone away. <laughs> he said, just take it. I said, what if I put one of those apps on it? It locks a bunch of the apps on He's like, no, 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 just take it. Take the phone. So I took the phone away. So I might to empower him. I might to see that he has a say. And, and like I said, you know, I don't have it all figured out. Like no one has this shit all figured out. We're all just trying to figure it out. The illusion as a parent is pretending that you're not doing that. But you are doing that. And so you should tell them. All right, Stephen, is that our last question for the day? Nah, Gary, we're going to keep going on because next week we're going to be off for Thanksgiving. So I want to go ahead and give you two more quick questions from the nation and we'll get you on your way. Awesome. So our next question comes from George. Bring it. I'm happily married for 27 years, have a 24-year-old daughter and a 21-year-old son. Basically, everything's rosy at home, but I can't fucking stand my extended family. I'll spare you our long fucked up story, but I feel victimized by how they've treated me in the past. Despite my efforts to follow your advice and move on, something keeps sending me back to square one. I'd say I'm pretty damn hard on myself, so I think my self-critical nature is a part of the problem. But do you have any thoughts on overcoming these types of hurdles, or is it time to seek out a therapist? All right, so this is simple. You're just a resentful asshole. I mean, there's nothing else to add. Is that your way of saying next question? Well, kind I mean, you're just a resentful asshole. You just won't let it go. You're like a fucking dog with a bone. And you're holding on to it. And you're unwilling to interact with them or see them in any other light than the light that you currently have. I mean, there's no fancy way around this. It's like you're holding on. And this is a shitty thing about resentment. You pay. They're fucking having chicken wings right now. You're paying. You're the one that lives with the resentment. You're the one with the barrier. You're the one who can't be yourself around them. You're the one who has to kind of somehow negotiate your life around your immediate family, given how it is with the extended family. And you're just a fucking crotchety old asshole now. You're just like fucking cranky old man. And the way they treated me in the past. So fucking what? People are assholes, right? This is the message that all of the nation needs to get. People are fucking assholes. And it would be a big mistake for you to forget that you are people. It's funny, you know, because your big complaint is the way they treated you and judged you, and yet look at how you treat and judge them, right? You can't demand acceptance if you don't accept. That's absurd. It's fucking absurd. You can't demand love if you don't love. Fucking love me. <laughs> no, I won't. You're an asshole. So I want you to get this, like, with all the compassion in the world that I have for you, you're burying a hole and putting yourself in it, or digging a hole and burying yourself in it. This isn't about letting go of something other than your insistence that you're right and they're wrong. I mean, you can keep doing that, but that's what's doing all the damage here. It's self-indulgent, self-righteous. I'm right, they're wrong, they should have blah, 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 and I'll willingly trade in everything that's good about my life for that, for being right about that. And by the way, you haven't even considered what it's like for the other people in your life to see you like this, doing what you're doing. Remember, you're a bad actor. You know, you're the one that's got a problem with your extended family, then there's all the other members of your family who have to fucking live with you while you're doing this. 
you're having an impact. It's not a good one. Straighten up. Great. So I've only got one other question for you, Gary. And we've been cracking on with this show now, behind the scenes at least, for what, probably pretty close to a year. So I mean, I like to think that, you know, we've gotten a chance to, you know, get to know each other a little bit. And at my table around Thanksgiving, one of the things that my family likes to do is always ask the traditional question of what you're thankful for. So what is it that you're thankful for this year? I'm I'm thankful for the generosity of others. It's a great question, but immediately the answer came to mind. The people who listen to this show and buy the books, they're generous human beings, but in a way that I don't think most people realize they're being generous. That is, they relate to me in a very generous way. Like they trust me. And uh, I'm forever thankful for that generosity that people would, would relate to me in such an empowering way. And I get moved by that. I get moved by the good grace of others. You know, so I'm thankful for people's generosity. And I just, uh, there's a little thing that just came to mind the other day when I was driving and I had one of my sons in the back seat, and I said, you know, there's never a bad day when you're a dad. Even the bad days are awesome. And he was, you know, he's only eight. He's looking at me like I've got four heads. And I said, being a dad is the best job you can ever have. Like it's, it's a big demand, but it's a brilliant job. So I'm grateful that there are people in this planet that I'm their dad. It's an amazing thing to be thankful for. And I think if we go around our Thanksgiving table of questions that we've answered this week, We've got every single traditional side on the deck. We've got your cranberry sauce and resentment. We've got forgiveness. I would probably compare that to some stuffing, if you would. But either way, a great episode as always. You want to take us home? Yes, of course. As always, if you want to be uh, on a future episode, if you've got a question or comment or a subject you'd like us to discuss, send us an email, connect at garyjohnbishop.com. Leave us a voicemail, 646-450-3203. 646-450-3203. Do not forget to rate the show, subscribe to the show, and leave us a review. Your reviews are priceless. They're like finding gold for the people in this podcast team. So please leave us a review, rate, and subscribe to the show. Have a wonderful, amazing, fantastic Thanksgiving and all the bullshit that comes with that. And I'll catch you on the flip side. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.